Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. And welcome, folks, to a special post-bi-week edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown with Al Borges. I bet you thought we would take the week off, right? But Al missed me so much that he said, Sam, I can't go a whole week without you. And I said, all right, Al, I'll I'll hang out with you for an hour. How you doing, Al Borges? Sam, I was having withdrawals, but they weren't Sam Webb withdrawals, okay? I need a football fix. We can't go a week without some ball, right? Right? I mean, goodness gracious, it runs through our veins. It's in our brains. We got to have it, you know, and plus we got to keep these guys caught up on their water cooler onslaught weekly. So, yeah, I know that part I missed, but I haven't thought much about you. (laughs) Well, listen, I thought about you, Al Borges. Well, I appreciate Uh, that. This this week has been very, very trying from a coverage perspective as – we continue to see the news, if you want to call it news, uh, kind of deal with the, I call it sign gate. It seems like it's something new every single week uh, that you're focused on, right? Me, and, yeah. you know, as you dig deeper into the story, you realize that there are a lot of allegations and the, you know, the substance or the proof behind them is flimsy. So that doesn't mean that an investigation is not warranted. It certainly is, but I think some balance, some balance is required when it comes to, all right, is there an alternative, you know, explanation? Is there reason to believe that you could have had a a rogue, a guy who went off on his own and kind of did his own thing? Because I got to tell you, first, there's a, a, a picture floating around. I don't think you've seen it, Al. There's a picture floating around of a guy on the Central Michigan sideline during the Michigan State game. Mm-hmm. And full disclosure, I had heard rumors about Connor Stallions being on the sideline for the Central Michigan game for Michigan State, which to me, I heard it and I was like, man, with everything that's out there, that doesn't even make sense. Because, you know, the, the, the talk was that he was paying a third party to go to these games and film them. If you read the rules or if you read this rule, I'm sure what he'll argue with the NCAA to try to avoid a show cause, this is separate from Michigan, is that, hey, if you look at this rule, I didn't buy it. There's nothing that says I can't hire a third party to go to these games. And what do I want the third party to do? Give me footage so I can go and reconcile the signs with actually play actual play on the field. So people recognize him. That's number one. Like I know one, one game in particular this season, uh, you had a, another staff kind of confront him a little bit. I've confirmed that just based on what he was doing on the sideline during games, right? So people know who he is. So to think that he would kind of compromise the whole operation that he had going on by actually showing up at a Michigan State game, if anyone's going to recognize him, Al, I would venture a guess that Ohio State and Michigan State folks would recognize him first. So that doesn't Past the sniff test to me that why would you do that? Of course, it doesn't have to make sense if you write a 
600-page manifesto. But here's the other piece, Al. If he's on the sideline, guess what he can't do? He can't record. Like, you can't record. For, I mean, that talk about being obvious, you know, totally blowing your cover. If you're on the sideline filming, why would you do that when you have an operation that is bringing you the footage game after game like he was doing? That's just one of those that as you see these things come out, you figure people would just, before they run with it, like I've seen some people on social media, you, you kind of ask basic questions like that. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> there's so many contentions that I've heard. Some of them are preposterous. Uh, some of them are viable, I guess. But um, all this, I don't know. I, I'm kind of with on, on the, I heard Harbaugh say, the other day, let it play out, see what happens. Let's let's get rid of all the nonsense and cut to the chase so we can move on because it's really getting tired uh, and it's distracting to a football team who's on a roll, who's really very focused. And to be honest with you, I don't think it's going to bother them a bit. I think there are other distractions that could bother them. I don't think this one's one of them. I think they're uh, laser-focused on what they have to do, and that's what the most important thing at this point is. And then once everything you know, shakes out, find out what's going on. Then we can get rid of all the hyperbole. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It Well, one thing, it it did pause. I was hearing, um, before the season started, let's rewind to the winter. An extension for Jim Harbaugh was the talk, right? They, yeah. He was going to be extended here. He had just won back-to-back Big Ten championships, went to the playoff in back-to-back years. So now he has outperformed. The entire league. He's outperformed Ryan Day, embarrassingly so for Ryan Day, right? Completely obliterated him on his own field, right? So you 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 do that, you outperform James Franklin. You've been you did that a long time ago, and you've been to the playoffs. So now you deserve to be the highest paid coach. You know, the, the market demands you become the highest paid coach in the Big Ten. There was the NCAA, the COVID investigation going on. The talk was that Michigan, to show its priorities and to show how seriously they were taking the allegations, Coach Borges, they were going to get that resolved first. Hey, you know what? We did some of these things. We've talked about it. COVID violations. Hey, we did some of these things. Analysts, coaching, all. What's the punishment? Secondary violations. Wasn't good enough for the NCAA. They wanted Harbaugh to, it, to, to say he lied. Wouldn't do it. So that delayed what was going to be what I heard was a winter extension. They weren't going to do the deal or announce the deal until the NCAA, NCAA thing was handled. That pushes it all the way to the fall where they still won't accept the punishment and they come down and they want to, you know, they, they're still want their pound of flesh. Michigan uh, exacts its own punishment. You know, now it's time to keep it moving with the extension talk. NCAA is going to go on their own timeline. Seem like Early October, the word was, I saw John U. Bacon report that, hey, a deal can happen, it should happen or will happen by the end of this month. I had heard before the season that it will be done by the new year. That changed to, as Bacon reported, by the end of October. Check with my sources. They, are, they confirmed that by the end of October. So we're moving towards that. I'm thinking it's going to happen in the bye week, Al, because, you know, with, with Jim, you're not dealing with just an agent. Like, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have an agent. He has some agents that or agencies that he's worked with. He has lawyers 
He has family. You know, it's a process mm-hmm. involved. You don't just make a call and say, hey, you want this? I'm going to give you that. It's a process, right? So when I heard that, it reminded me, okay, you know, kind of remove your exasperation from the equation, Sam Webb, and understand it's a problem. Okay, I get it. All right, I expected it to be the bye week, that all of that get gets wrapped up in the bye week. And then sign gate hits, Al, and it puts oh, a I know. on everything. Yeah, that put everything on the shelf, and, and you knew that was coming. I mean, there's no question about it. Is uh, Once you get a big story like that, it kind of trumps everything else, you know, and because it could affect how they feel about them, you know, contracts are always a little bit dicey. So, but I think as this thing tones down, you're going to, you're going to, the focus will be back on what's the most important thing and things will get done. Well, the Michigan fans in the stream and they would say this every week. Well, I don't care about what the NCAA is going to do, what they do. Tell me about the extension, Sam. Tell me yeah. about the, yeah. I'm saying the same thing, right? Yeah. Tell me yeah. about the extension. Well, uh, I've I've since heard <laughs> you got to correct so many false reports, right? They were talking about the offer for being rescinded, all that stuff. It was just paused. And I've heard and I reported over on the Michiganinsider.com. So if you haven't read it already, go check it out. That the pause, I mean, they hit play out. They press play. <laughs> the extension is progressing once again. And so you can get more details on that over on the MichiganInsider.com. But I, you can glean from that that they are comfortable with where Harbaugh is as far as the investigation is concerned. And you, you're talking about locking up a coach that has come. And this is the fourth pro- program he's rebuilt, Alan. So I'm curious, talking to you as a, a coach who's been around a lot of programs, been around rebuilds, been around great coaches. What do you see in Harbaugh that explains how he's been able to rebuild every program he's touched? San Diego, Stanford, the 49ers, Michigan. There was a low. It took him a minute to get over that Ohio State hump. But once he once he got over it, he blew it the hell up, right? And now he's he owns the hill. How do you explain how he's been able to do that and certainly – how he's been able to remake things here toward, at, at this point in his Michigan tenure, what, nine years in? Well, I think there's several factors that jump out to me. Uh, number one is he has been able to deal with the attrition of coaching change within his own staff, okay? Uh, and the decisions he's made once those changes took place have made a huge difference in their team. Uh, Kirk Campbell number one when weiss was gone he hired campbell i don't know if campbell was the most popular choice or not i don't know but he has done campbell's done an outstanding job of building this quarterback from the ground up particularly fundamentally and having him gain the confidence i think that's going to get him over the hump i think that's huge but that's not the only one moving sharon moore uh to offensive coordinator, which a lot of guys would not do, will not have a line coach. Now, Harbaugh has a uh, a reputation or a history of using uh, offensive line coaches, at least as co-coordinators. I know Drevno was a coordinator here, but that can be scary sometimes. It can be really, really good or really, really bad. But he he saw something in Sharon Moore that told him that he could get the job done, and Sharon has answered the call. I think that's huge, but there's been a lot of coaching changes in his tenure here where he's really not missed a beat. And in most instances, 
made the made it better. Okay, whether it be with a better coach or with better chemistry, because sometimes it's not always a better coach. It's just a guy that can work with the rest of the staff in a cohesive fashion. Then in turn, that trickles down to the players. But I think that's one thing. The other thing, and, and this is a, kind of a Nick Saban deal. Nick is a strong believer in building a culture, and that culture is a process, and the process doesn't happen overnight. Now, with Harbaugh, it took longer than most. But I think now he has that culture, you know, that that Michigan way has taken. And uh, a lot of the players and the coaches and the people involved have really – it's been infectious. It's been infectious. And it's it showed up on the, uh, the football team, the enthusiasm around the program, which was always, you know, huge, but had been – had waned, obviously, right? So – um, I think that that culture has kind of taken place. Another thing, too, Sam, is the administrative patience, which I think is huge. Harbaugh, two years ago, we know they they wanted him out of here. I mean, but there was a faction within the, the the fan base anyway. I don't know what the administration did, but the, the fan base that he's this far from getting fired. But the patience they showed to allow him to get over that hump, particularly after COVID, when things were difficult for everybody. OK, and Michigan took a big hit on that. But their patience has paid off. I mean, since they've made that decision to keep him, they've lost, what, two games, three games? I don't know, yeah, not very many. You know, not very many. It's a great point, Al. It's, it's one that goes off and overlooked. That wasn't a popular choice. It's, it seems like a no-brainer now. Oh, sure. Yeah, two years after the fact, when you've won 20-something. Like, yeah. <laughs> but people have very, right. very, believe me, right. this is a man who understands, they have very short memories. Right. That's, this is, you know what? I, I, I imagine that's one of the things for all the people. Uh, you know, Ward, if Ward has some Dave branded in him, you see, he, he clear because it's like you've gone from a guy who wanted to come over to the, over to the building Al, did you ever have to watch Phil with Dave Brandon? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't even get me started. Holy Toledo. What am I doing sitting in here watching film with the athletic director, okay? I, I, I can just think of better uses of my time. But uh, whatever. Uh, but I think all those things, though, Sam, have been just huge, you know, uh, uh and the other deal too, I tell you, don't don't underestimate this one either, is he finally got himself a homegrown quarterback. Okay, he had played with transfer quarterbacks who all were were not as good as they were built in some instances. Some were they were bad; they just were not as good as they were built. But he got a quarterback that he's that he recruited from the get, that he's developed in the system, and and found a guy that he has a coach that has good chemistry with him, and I think right. that. Uh, that's huge. I mean, to, to, to have a guy that's got that kind of skill set that's uh, developing in your own system and you didn't play at Iowa, you didn't play at wherever, tennis, uh, Ole Miss or whatever. He's been with you from the beginning. He has grown up in the program. He has learned the culture. He's not coming out of the blue. All the kids know him, right, from the beginning. So there's something to that, particularly when the guy's as good as he is. Yeah, 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 that's to, huge. To pick up on your point, pick up on your point about 2020, though, Al. As I was saying, you know, if if Ward Manuel has some Dave Brandon, and he he's like, man, I remember when all y'all were telling me to fire Jim, and it was I, I talked about this on oh. Dropping Dives. It, it, it was definitely a lot of fans. Um, 
even some of their Michigan football brethren, some in the Michigan football family were like, it's time to move on. And then even some at the region level, man. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, you're two and four, you're getting embarrassed on your field. And it took, it took a little bit of foresight and a lot of risk to say, Mm -hmm. all right, we're going to bring you back because if it doesn't go right, Jim's not the only one out. War Emanuel is going to be out too because yeah. everyone's saying let him go and you're going against the grain and right. so that's when it wasn't popular it's popular now oh, yeah. so yeah. you know it's and it's an oh, easy no. choice now it's now, always like oh i always I, wanted to keep i knew the guy was a great coach I, yeah bs right this is easy no, I, I, I know that feeling but that patience has paid off and i think it's a lesson to learn for a lot of programs that are blowing guys out before they get a chance to really establish their program. Now, not to say, I, I, and this hurts saying this, some guys should be fired. Some guys aren't fit. They don't They don't fit the head coach. They're great coaches, but not very good head coaches. Well, and let me that say can, something now. I mean, this outside looking in, I don't think you'll ever see that kind of patience, not at a big program. No. Shown again. Highly unusual. Again. Not, no. not with the transfer portal. Highly unusual. Yes, it is. I, you know, I agree with see, you. You know, coaches come in and they can flip the roster in the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. They're expecting the the new expectation is turn it around. It if not one year, two years, you're out. You're gone. Right. I think I think the right. coach with the Bears to take it to the pros. I think he's yep. in trouble, and he just yep. got there. So you know, this is that kind of patience that you're you're talking about is more laudable given where we are currently. And so your point about the homegrown quarterback, though, because Jim showed Jim has always been a guy who hired. I like I've heard the, the conversation with coaches before really focus on your your greatness as a program or your greatness as a coach is in large part of the function of who you hire. It might be all of you know, most of it who Huge. you hire. Yeah. He has done an exceptional job over the years of hiring you know, staff members, but he had a bit of a transformation, a modification of the strategy. He went younger. He brought in some guys that were tied to the program. He, he incorporated more of the input from the players. He got, you know, he, he sort of, um, kind of relaxed a little bit, uh, relaxed the reins a little bit. Let, let an offensive coordinator call the offense, give the players more input, right? Let Mm -hmm. the, let the, the vibe in the, in the program be shaped a little more by the players and some of the younger coaches that has all paid off Al board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the, the last point I want to make, and I think this is too big too, Sam is he's made some brass balls decisions. Okay. <laughs> uh, and that with coaches and players. Okay. The biggest one is saying, I'm going to take a quarterback that's just won 12 games Okay, and I'm going to make him compete for the position against a high, highly talented kid who I think might be the best quarterback, but I can't find that out unless I put him in a game situation and see, you know, watch watch it bear itself out. A lot of guys wouldn't do that simply because uh, McNamara was the leader of the team. He's picked captain coming off a great year, coming an eyelash away from playing for the big game. But no, I mean, he made he made that decision, and a lot of guys just wouldn't do that. They'd stick with the status quo and probably get the same thing they got 
the year before. So he did the same thing, Sam, in San Francisco when he got took um, Smith, Alex Smith out and put in Kaepernick. And he took him all the way to the Super Bowl. Now that was he kind of blindsided the league with Kaepernick because he had him running the pistol and doing some things that didn't sustain. But for the time being, it was a great move. It was a great move. And it was, believe me, I was around then and I there was a lot of people questioning that decision. But it worked out pretty good for them. I mean, uh, especially at the time, because like I said, it took them all the way to Super Bowl. But this this is part of being the head coach. You can keep or lose your job based on one or two bad decisions. You can make a lot of questionable or bad decisions along the way if they're not real impactful. But when you start making decisions about the quarterback, okay, uh, how you're going to emphasize you're going to make the, a balance between the importance of offense, defense, and special teams. In other words, if you're like an offensive coach and all you want to be is a good offensive team, that's a bad decision. That's a bad decision. you got to find a way to make the other side just as good. I mean, and, and there's a lot of decisions that can go into that bad decision, but that thinking can send you down the road in a hurry. So my point is, is just sitting in a, you know, I've not been a head coach, but sat in a chair of guys that have made great decisions and not made some such great decisions. And more often than not, guys have lost their job because of one bad decision that was very impactful to the football team. And he's made me, and by the decisions. Way, so. You wouldn't tell me to get off my phone if you knew who was texting me. How about that? I, I would, <laughs> you, know who was texting. you would say, so, okay, okay, Sam, answer that text. I'm just saying, anyway, anyway. I don't even know who's texting you, Sam, but uh, I'm assuming that it must be somebody if you're in the middle of a show texting somebody. I'm in the middle of a show, yeah, but, you know, sometimes, hey, man, I'm not always well, That better be God, Sam, it okay? my wife. Like, I don't even stop. I shouldn't even say that on here before I get the door is locked on me. I can't. Yeah, get be in. careful because you'll walk and you walk into your house and all your clothes will be right. in the front. Yard, but I so. took that text. I took that text. But at any rate, no, this is this is significant because you mentioned the homegrown quarterback, and we can we can get ready to get into the uh, your observations on Ohio State and Penn State during the bye week coming up here. But I said a couple of weeks ago that it wasn't. Out of the question, J.J. McCarthy coming back. You know, I still think it's a long shot. Make, I'm not trying to gas you up to the point of fantasy, okay? And But this is a realistic thing that is being considered. I think it, it's less realistic if Jim Harbaugh, frankly, isn't extended. I, I don't think it's a out of the question. But I certainly think you the 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 odds you have, let's call it a 10%, 20% shot, is less than that if Harbaugh isn't the coach. So you get this deal done, consummated, booked. You know, your coach is locked in. Now I'm you know, Jim is not gonna base, if you look at what he did with, with Blake, he's not gonna base his advice to JJ on what's best for Michigan. He's going to tell JJ, you do what's best for you. What I can tell you, and what I know is, let's play this out and JJ wins the Heisman. Let's play this out and JJ wins the national championship. 
or and Michigan wins the national championship. If he comes back, Al, he would have a chance to go down as the greatest player in the history of Michigan football. He'd already be one one of the greats if he left, right? Maybe the greatest. Who knows if they win a national championship and he win the, wins the Heisman Trophy? I mean, he would be in that discussion. I think it's Charles Woodson, uh, of course, and that'd be a tough one to really, really tough one to beat. But if you come back your final year and do it all again when you could have been a first round pick, I mean, that's legendary stuff above and beyond the likes of which we've never seen before. And I think that that is on that kid's mind. I know it's on that kid's mind. Now, it has to make sense. In the NIL era, you have got to compete with what the NFL is talking about. If he winds up being the number one overall pick, you know, top five pick, maybe it's unrealistic to say NIL can compete. But, you know, you can compete with some of those, some of that first-round money if you got the right company national company coming in and make him a make him a pitch man i remember matthew stafford was a pitch man for ford they need a they need a quarterback pitch man come on ford motor company because that's that's the kind of thing that's the kind of thinking that can get a guy like that or give the guy a guy like that or uh, a financial incentive to come back because you can't you can't just tug at the heartstrings and think that's enough all i'm telling you al is that I know this kid, I know his family, I know how he thinks and he's thinking about it, but this is me injecting into the equation. I haven't heard them talk anything about money or anything. I'm saying they're going to get to the point where they're talking about it and thinking about it, and you wanted to make it, you want to make it be a non-starter. You want to make it not be a non-starter to consider coming back for financial reasons. If you could put, I'm just spitballing, $5 $5 million on the table. My gut tells me that gives them something to think about. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that you got to start working now. First by getting your coach signed and then by getting, you know, somebody lined up and saying, Hey, this goes beyond any one more year fund we've ever seen. This, this is something different. This is yeah. one more JJ fund and one more JJ more. fund. Hey, you got to get that train rolling now after you get your coach signed. Yeah, it's so much more viable today with the NIL. You know, I think uh, when I was coaching, again, I had several kids stay. I had several kids come out. But um, <laughs> what was the incentive to stay, really, if you were going to get picked in the first round? Uh, to look at kids square in the eye and say, you know, you should stay because, and then uh, I'd do the Ralph Cramden, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I mean, how can you say? But today... With the NIL, uh, you can present a financial package that is enticing to him to stay in college, and it may not even come near matching what he get in the pros. But you got to understand, you only in college once, and it's in college is fun. It's fun. It's a it's a it's a great experience, particularly for a kid like that. And whether or not you know unfinished business, if they don't win it or they do win it or whatever, that that could always play a factor in the thing. But at the end of the day, every kid's different. And if his goal is to be what could be considered the greatest player to ever play here, and maybe one of the greatest players to play anywhere, then that's something I think that's going to be a priority when he makes his decision. If that's not a big deal to him, if he thinks I've already got all that done and, 
you know, uh, then maybe not so much. But I think there's just more now. It's not just a slam dunk anymore, Sam, where a guy says, I'm a first-round pick, first-round pick player to make this much money. Coming back to college is just, why would I do that? I might get hurt. You know, that was always, it was the same arguments. It's still the same arguments, isn't it? Really? But now there's actually a counter, a better counter to stay in college than there was back when I was coaching. Yeah, somebody just mentioned in the chat, Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Honolulu Blue and Silver, another deep threat coming back did home they, to the D. Donovan did they trade him? Did they, they, yeah, today's trade line deadline, isn't it? Yeah, That's it right. Is trade deadline yeah. day. DPJ, back in the house, glad to see it. Gives them another deep threat out there, another guy who can help take the top off of defense. That is outstanding. And some good quarterback play, which he hasn't seen uh, in Cleveland. Had not yeah. seen. I mean, this has not been the same Deshaun Watson. You know, that, that freaky dinky took a little something out of him. Uh, Al, he's not the same dude. So now you get a guy who can actually get you the football. So it, yeah. it's that's a that I digress. And mm-hmm. I'm not giving you if if JJ winds up being a top five pick, this is I mean, who's this is not even a discussion. Like you gotta go, right? You gotta go. But you're even top ten. Uh, and he's steadily moving up draft boards. And so this may wind up being a non-starter. But for now, <laughs> I'm just telling you what I know. And mm-hmm. I know for now, a return is on the table. It may not be down the line. But right now, it's on the table. Al, it was the bye week. Um, You got a chance to watch Ohio State and Penn State. Let's start with Penn State first. And then we'll take a little bit of break of a break to tell you about a, a partnership that we have with that man over your shoulder right there. We got a partnership. I didn't even tell anybody about this deal that we got going with Tom Brady's company autograph. And it's an exciting development for you, Michigan fans. So stay tuned for that. That's called a tease with what we do, right? It's a All tease, right, so yeah. Radio does that a lot. They do a lot of teases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Al, Penn State, Penn State, Indiana. They had a hell of a lot tougher time with with Indiana than Michigan did. You know what they did, Sam, is they gave up some big plays, particularly in the first half with with either a bad matchup or a complete bust. um, They struggle, Penn State, with tight end movement. They had mistakes. and I I broke down only a half of this game because I didn't. Didn't have time to watch the whole game, and I, but I broke it down in details. I watched every play and every movement for both sides of the ball. And uh, in one instance, they moved their tight ends, and they kept a corner blitz on Sam and did not cover the X receiver, and he just flipped, tur- right. he just stepped up and flipped the ball to him and ran down the sideline for a touchdown. There was nobody covering him. Complete right. bust. The other one was they got a matchup uh, – on their inside slot, the Indiana got the inside slot matched up on number six, and they ran an internal fade right by him. They got beat really bad, and they threw it up. Because other than the big plays in the first half, anyway, Indiana didn't do much. They were, you know, they were getting, they were getting uh, pretty well handled, but they were given. It's like that deal. Well, it was only five plays. Yeah, but those five plays, you know, were three hundred and fifty yards. I mean, that's all it takes. If if, if that's all it takes, but. Um, they were just struggling with certain things that, that Michigan do, does a lot. <laughs> I mean, with even more than Indiana does. So um, they are going to get into third down, and Manny Diaz is going to give you all these exotic pressures from, you know, maybe some whacked out fronts that you wouldn't expect to see. 
And, uh, you know, you, they're going to test your protection. You're targeting in your protection, and sometimes your matchups in your protection. So that uh, that uh, was, I think, something that jumped out at me. I think it's a game where J.J. Uh, McCarthy is going to have to run a little more than he does in other games, if that makes any sense. Uh, I think uh, that's going to probably be a, a, a factor. They play run control stuff when you throw bubbles and stuff. They play it really aggressively. I mean, they jump it and make it as hard on you as they possibly can. But the thing I see, Sam, and, and we're going to talk about Ohio State too because I think this is the case, is these teams do not have the quarterbacks to exploit the mistakes made by the defense. When a guy shakes free or there's a crucial third down and you got to just hit a nice little easy square out into the boundary, they miss the pass. They throw it incomplete. And if they had the the, the, the ability to compensate that for that with some scrambling or running or ability that that would help, but they don't have that either. So uh, the NF, they are uh, preying on inexperienced quarterbacks. Okay. Or quarterbacks that aren't as good as some of the guys in the upper echelon of college football. So I think that's a, a huge part of this is uh, that game was a game because they gave up big plays. Okay. I didn't see the other side of the ball, so I don't know what happened there. But and but even had they, you know, it could have really been dicey for them had the quarterback for Indiana been able to hit some routine passes, particularly on third down. So they're a team that is not going to sit still. I mean, they are not going to sit still. I've got their first 12, 12 plays all had some kind of movement in it, whether it was a blitz, a slant, a twist, something. And then they threw that uncovered X receiver for a touchdown. And all of a sudden they reined it in two plays later, the next two plays, they did nothing, but then they got into another third down and here it came all the stuff, you know, you're going to, you name it, a dial a blitz, dial a blitz. And the more wacky, the, the more likely it is to come. So that's how they play. There's, they get the same type of players that Michigan does. I don't think they're quite as good, but they're pretty good. I mean, they're pretty good at a lot of positions. So so from a matchup perspective, that'll be challenging. But I just don't believe at the end of the day, if Michigan takes care of their business and doesn't get caught up in the whiteouts and all the stuff that happens at Penn State, they'll they'll be Penn State. They got they got a better quarterback. They got a better defense. They a got better coach. a better, better, better coach. line. Better coach, Al. Probably a better coach. I don't know. No, probably. I, well, if you go by what's now, happened, I don't coach. think you can argue it because has he ever has he beaten Harbaugh? He's beaten Harbaugh, but like what? How many times? I don't know. You know, I think stuff. he's like three. Well, give me some numbers. I, I don't want to hear it's a better three. coach. I, I want to hear five. something to prove he's a better coach. And I think you have it. You just well, don't have every it time. Listen, he's he. I think he he won once here, and that was in 2020. And I think he won twice there. So in his tenure there, I think he's won three times. But he's come to Ann Arbor and he's got destroyed three times. No, I know. Yeah, I I, I think you can make a case for that. But I'm just saying that I just think overall, if Michigan plays the solid football that they've played and don't turn the ball over, and God, that sounds like coach speak, but it's so true, that I think Michigan's got a better team. They got a better team. And, And they got a quarterback that has proven that he can play in hostile environments now, Sam. He's, that's not a mystery anymore, right? That's not a mystery because sometimes that's a mystery. Oh, God, now all of a sudden we got to go play at Ohio State. Well, he's already proven he can do that. And I, if, if he can handle Ohio State, he's going to handle Penn State. I'm just telling you. I'm, 
I can't see that being an issue. So I like the matchups. I like the coaching matchup. I like the, I like the whole deal. The only thing I don't like is it's there and you know, when it's there stuff happens, but Michigan's been a good road team. And I, I don't think Penn state's going to be a stumbling block again, if they play like they've been playing, but they're going to have to block some movement. Now they're going to have to block a lot of whacked out stuff. Cause they'll assume that playing Michigan is going to be harder than playing anybody else. So they're going to have to do more wackadoodle stuff defensively. So, uh, they may expect the unexpected from that perspective. Yeah, man. I, what do you think of Drew Aller? Is you watch I like Drew Aller. I like Drew Aller, but Drew Aller hadn't played very well lately. Drew Aller, this is my assessment because I was asked to, I, a guy asked me to do a comparison between him and McCarthy a couple of weeks ago. And he is not near as mobile as JJ. That's given. He's a big dude. You know, he's really a big guy. Uh, fairly mobile for a big guy, but can't do near the things JJ can do. Where JJ's a magic man in the pocket when people aren't blocked. We showed that last week when we watched a Michigan State game. But uh, with his feet in the ground and and a good and look at the target, Aller can usually hit the target. Now the thing I the question I have with him, okay, is can he rise to the moment, okay? Because Two weeks ago when they played Ohio State, he did not. He did not play well. I think he'd be the first one to tell you that. Uh, and uh, I don't even – I didn't watch his game last week. I don't know if he's any better or not. But I think he is, could, he could be a really good quarterback because I think he's got arm strength, the the ability to, to hit the throws. I don't ever use the word arm talent because I don't know what the hell that is. I still don't. I hear everybody's explained to me. I don't know what that is. But if you want to talk about accuracy, touch, the type of things I think you got to be to be a good quarterback – I think he's got those things, but it still remains to be seen if he can implement those things in games that really matter. Whereas McCarthy has already proven he can do that. So um, I like the kid, but the jury is still a little bit out. Yeah, man, he's uh, not ready for prime time. I think he's a talented guy. Uh, but boy, I, I mean, just he struggles reading defenses. I, he hit a big pass late where uh, – Keandre Lambert Smith ran right by the Indiana. He ran right by him. He delivered a nice fade ball down the sideline. But those plays are few and far between for him or have been lately. And it just made me think when James Franklin, he was acting all weird in a press conference when someone said, Well, why, you know, why aren't you throwing the football? Don't you think you should challenge down the field more? And he was, I feel uncomfortable with that question. Like, what? what? Didn't ask you, do you wear boxes or briefs? Just ask you. <laughs> I mean, it's like, strange analogy, but yeah, okay. Only you come up with that one, Sam. Just to his response was like, what are you talking about? You uncomfortable because somebody asked you why you aren't throwing the ball down the field? Like, what? I just, where is that coming from? Now, as we get into watching them play more, I think I get it. He was uncomfortable because he knew his quarterback wasn't good at that. Like, you want me to call something that we don't do well. You know, have, putting the game on my quarterback's arm or shoulder is it, not a recipe for success for us right now. We need to run that football. And we're starting to see, you know, in the in the Ohio State losses, even in the Indiana win, that, man, he just – you get a little heat in his face, you move him off his spot, and he's not reacting like J.J. McCarthy. He's not making no, a play. No, he's Sam, he's not spot. near as athletic as J.J. McCarthy. And J.J. McCarthy has proven himself week in and week out to be somewhat of a magic man. I mean, that's what I always call Patrick Mahomes. I don't know that he's Patrick Mahomes, but God got it. I mean, this last couple games, there's been plays, Sam, where 
he you would swear he doesn't have a snowball's chance of hell of keeping the ball alive. And not only does he keep the ball alive, he throws a freaking touchdown pass. Or he takes a big bite out of the defense uh, and puts him down where they can score in a couple plays. I mean, uh, some of this stuff, like I, I kid about it, Shrome drawing some of this stuff up. I mean, he's you know you like those guys that you don't have to draw it all up. So it's got to be perfect for them to, to to make a play. But Drew Aller is not that kind of quarterback. He may have a little bit of that in him, but nothing like McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy, you can do a lot of things wrong. Things still turn out pretty good sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, all right, folks, get your questions for Al in the stream. We'll get his Ohio State uh, breakdown coming up, and then we'll get to the questions for Al after he breaks down Ohio State, Wisconsin. But you see that guy over the shoulder? He he came back. He saved Michigan several times in his final year at the helm here in Michigan. That guy, Tom Brady, that guy right over your shoulder. That guy right, right there, yeah. That guy right there. Right, you've seen him save many a game, any in a team in the NFL. Well, in our you know ongoing quest to keep improving, keep improving everything we do here on the stream, certainly over on the, on the site, over on the MichiganInsider.com. People keep saying, "Where should where's the app, Sam?" I, I you know it's yes, it's it's mobile friendly your site now, but where's the app? That you know sort of aggregates everything. Just you know, I get a notification and that kind of thing. You can. Set you know the site up to do those kinds of things, but it's not an app. So Tom Brady had a solution, has a solution. He has a company called Autograph, and it is the future of fandom. It is an app that aggregates all the things you love, all the things you consume as a Wolverine, all your favorite content, fan challenges. All of those things. So my site, MGO blog, our our YouTube streams, you know, all of those things right there in the palm of hand. And you get it right on the autograph app. But here's what makes it better, right? Because I, I wanted the convenience of you know people being able to see our stuff on an app. But you also get rewarded for consuming the content on that app. So hey, you Watch our our YouTube channel or listen to our podcast on the app. You get you get rewards points for that. You read one of the stories. So that piece that I just put up about Harbaugh's contract extension being unpaused, you read that story, the rewards that come with it from autographs. So all the things you already do, you go to a game, you go to a Michigan game, you get points for that, right? And you can redeem them for great rewards. But rather than me tell you all about it, how about we let old Tom? Let's let Tom tell you about it. You hear about it in his in his words. Then I'll come back on the other side. This is Tom yeah, Brady. Hell, they'd much no. rather listen to him anyway, Sam. <laughs> Why, Sam, you're buried the lead. Let me hear from Tom. This is Tom Brady. <laughs> come on, Tom. Let's play. Let's play, Tom. Let's play. I'm gonna have to bring him back. I'm gonna have to bring Tom back in the in the stream here in a minute. Here's what I'll do in the meantime. I'm gonna show you the QR code. All right, so you can go and check out the app for yourself and download it. You download this app using this QR code that I'm about to put on the screen right now as I share it with you. And here it is. 
All right, so that's your QR code. You scan that, you you Apple people, you iOS people, you scan that code, and it will take you to the download site for the autograph app. The rest of you, I will put it in the stream. I will, as we, uh, you look in the comments right now, I have the link to the autograph app there for you to check out. And then, of course, we got to go ahead and get Tom Brady's voice on here for you to be able to hear old Tom talk about the uh, the greatness that is this app that would allow you to kind of get rewarded for the things you already do. So we're going to try this one more time with old Tom Brady. Let me go ahead and share that one one more time as we share that. We're going to stop that screen. We're going to share another one. And we're going to see if we can get an old time to work this time. If this doesn't work, then I'm just going to show you one of the rewards that I proposed they offer to Michigan fans, which I think is really, really cool. Here it is. Amazing Blue Nation, it's Tom Brady. I co-founded Autograph with one mission in mind, change the fan experience for the better. That's why I'm excited to announce the release of a new app that recognizes the biggest Michigan fans. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to the best Michigan content, fan challenges, and exclusive rewards for diehard Wolverines, all for doing the things you already do, like listening to this podcast. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Rewarding Fans and download today. All right, Al, did you get that? Did you hear Tom talking? You You got that? You heard Tom talking? All over. over. We are partnering with Tom Brady. Tom Brady himself with this autograph app that is going to make it easier than ever for you to consume the Michigan Insider content, whether it be the podcast, the YouTube channel, the website, everything that you consume already, you can do when you go to the big house, go to the game or go to the crisis center, go to the game, you get rewarded for that. And so how do you redeem those rewards? So this was something I thought was really cool. So we had this this meeting with the autograph people, and they turned me into a Wolverine. Al, oh God, you did you know, some there, Sam. Yeah, you look a lot better. They turned me into a Wolverine. I was like, oh man, that's so cool. So it's actually I kept it in this in this uh, case, so yeah. it could be part of one of my backgrounds. So I was gonna get it framed, but you won't be able to see it as well because I don't yeah. have enough space left on my wall. So I said, let me put it in the back so people can see it. But I said, man. That's can so we make cool. that a, Sam, can we make that a permanent look? <laughs> I was like, that's so cool, man. They even had the name and the Michigan Insider on it. I was like, hey, I bet you if you made that a reward for the fans, a lot of them will redeem. Like, they turn you into a Wolverine. A lot of fans would redeem that reward. If you would, if you would do that, if that's one of the ones that you would get, that's one of the rewards you want. Drop it in the stream. Tell tell me you want to be made a Wolverine, and then I could tell Tom and the crew that the people want to be Wolverines, right? Because <laughs> they need to mass produce this. They got an artist on on contract over there that can make that happen, but they got to know that the feedback is is warranted. The feedback warrants it, right? So if you want to be made a Wolverine, tell me in the stream you want to be made a Wolverine. One more time, folks. Download that autograph app. Our partnership with Tom Brady's company, Autograph. Again, the things you already do as a fan. is This takes fandom to another level. Now you get rewarded for being a fan. 
courtesy of Autograph. Here is the uh, the QR code for you to scan. Go ahead and do that. You know, I'm gonna leave it up for a little bit. Tom, you met Tom Brady, didn't you, Al? Yeah, sure. He came and uh, visited us when I was coaching there. Yeah, he was awesome. He uh, he talked to the team, and it was real inspiring, I thought. It was so inspiring that he was leaving. I said, hey, Tom, do me a favor, man. Give the quarterbacks about five minutes. Talk to him. And he kind of looked at me like, what do you want to talk? Just, I don't know, just talk. Be Tom Brady. He said, sure. So uh, he came in our room, and – the quarterbacks were mesmerized when he was talking because it was it was really inspiring. It was laced with some very colorful language that you know <laughs> that I I appreciate more than most people do. <laughs> but but it wasn't probably what everybody thinks Tom Brady's like. But uh, he was awesome. I mean, he he he. I remember him saying that uh, if you come out with energy, they'll come out with energy. If you come out dead. They'll come out dead. They're going to follow your lead, whatever you do, wherever you go. So you got to bring it every day. And, you know, in so many words, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember. But I just remember it was really a great talk from a guy that everybody in the room admired and respected. And and and, and he didn't let him down and certainly didn't let me down. He, he, it was only about, I don't know, five, ten minutes. But it was something I think that uh, lasted the kids and myself, you know, the rest of your life. So it was neat. Yeah, people said, make me a Wolverine. Hey, Tom. Hey, autograph team. The people want to be made Wolverines. I told you. I told you. <laughs> people would love it. I love it. They love it, too. That's not the only reward that they're going to offer, by the way. That's just an example uh, that I'm I'm offering up to you, the people. As Quanice said, uh, the code is Sam Webb. Thank you, Quanice. Appreciate you. And support the app. Uh, by supporting the app, you're supporting us, and you're certainly making it easier to consume our site. It's really a solution for us. People who have been begging for an app forever. This is a great solution to that problem. Now you can not, and not just our site. Like I said, it, it it'll aggregate all of your Michigan fan activity, from reading our site to going to games to watching YouTube videos to listening to my the, the radio show to all of that. Mgo, all of that is on here. All right, pretty so, cool. Is really really cool. Thanks a yeah. lot, Tom, and you'll be hearing more about that from the autograph crew in the uh, in the days and weeks to come. So, Al, it is time to get back to it. Ohio State. What did you see when you watched the Buckeyes take on the Badgers? Well, it's kind of the same thing uh, in a way as watching Indiana, uh, P, uh, Penn State. The quarterbacks cannot exploit consistently any weaknesses in the defense. And uh, that's not going to happen when they play uh, Michigan because the quarterback's not only going to exploit it, he's going to do stuff over and above the structure of the play, okay? But um, Wisconsin, the wide receivers could not match up well enough with the secondary of uh Ohio State, that was evident to me. And the quarterback, when they did, was incapable of getting him the ball. You know, uh, what I see different than a year ago, uh, in this game anyway, was, you know, usually Ohio State plays their secondary from a five-deep type deal. This is a lot of the Big 12 teams do. 
and they'll sink their hybrid player, half linebacker, half safety type guy down into the box and play their coverages from either, you know, their two shell looks or their one high looks or whatever. And they, they did a ton of that a year ago and still have that still do it. I mean, it's not, not gone from their package, but I saw more stuff in this game anywhere where the safety was dropped down from the get. They were showing uh, what I call cover six uh, weak side rotation quarter coverage on the first side, on the front side and cover two in the back side, which they had not showed a ton before they had played Michigan. Uh, but they're still, a, a, like Penn State, very much a movement team. You know, they're going to slant their line and pressure with linebackers and blah, blah, blah. But the big thing that jumps out, Sam, is those guys can't make that key third down uh, throw or run to keep the chains moving that, that Michigan does such a nice job of. And they just, uh, the whole game, it's, there's you know, three and out, four and out, whatever, and a missed throw here. Or now all of a sudden uh, the protection breaks down and a guy sacked or whatever, but, uh, and it's, he does the same thing that Manny Diaz does. Jimmy Knowles is going to give you exotics on third and long. Who doesn't? That's not news. I mean, they're going to give you a lot of stuff uh, that uh, is going to be tough to block and handle. You're going to have to know what you're doing. But the one thing I think, the one thing that is gone, and I've watched now a couple games from their repertoire for the most part is zero coverage unless you're inside the 10-yard line. That uh, that I don't see much at all. There's almost always a free safety, okay, or some form of split safety defense where the back end is covered uh, from being susceptible to big plays, okay, which uh, last year, if you count the, the power play that J.J. ran on the goal line there. They were beaten in some form of zero coverage four different times, okay? And one time they were beaten a two deep where the back end, the backside wasn't covered uh, for a touchdown. So five touchdowns scored with no no safety in the middle of the defense, whether it was a blitz or whether it was a, another a zone-type coverage there or a, a, a mixture between the zone and man. Uh, so that type of stuff, Sam, I ain't seeing that much. Just in the film that I've watched, the video that I've watched, they have uh, they are trying to cover the middle of the field and prevent explosive plays. Okay, uh, so but the thing about them is I just don't think uh, they've been tested by good quarterback play. Now the purists will say, "Well, what about Allard? He's a good quarterback." Well, he wasn't in that game. He wasn't in that game. So uh, when they play Michigan, if not before. I don't think they play anybody that's going to be as good as J.J. McCarthy, but they are going to be tested by a quarterback who can make the throws by structure, make the throws by improv and receivers that can take advantage of any errors on the defense because there were times and still are times where they'll, where they'll turn a guy loose with a bust. Now, last year, I think it happened more, uh, but was not exploited until they played Michigan. So, uh, but it's really the same package with more of an emphasis on getting that that hybrid player into the box and playing more conventional fronts and coverages rather than that five across sink safety or whatever they do, you know, like the, the what I call the Big 12 defense that so many are playing. And some people are even playing in this conference now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I um, I saw a couple of interceptions thrown by Kyle McCord thrown right to the DB. Al, I mean, did – Wisconsin yeah. just have all Ohio State signals? Did, well, they, did they steal all the signs, Al? Is that what happened? I don't know. I don't know about that. But I know this. The Kyle McCord's not the type of quarterback that they've had in the past. 
Okay, let's be clear on that. He is not. He is a quarterback who's dependent on a point A to point B throwing. Okay, and uh, if you're great like that guy off my right shoulder, he can do that and do it consistently. And because you know, but you got to really be good nowadays to play like that, Sam, because defenses are forcing the issue about every third pass play, making the quarterback do something that isn't within the structural realm of the offense. And McCord does not do that as well as the guys they've had in the past. Now, that is something that is unlikely to improve a lot, Sam, because that's an athleticism issue and an instinct issue. If he's going to get better, it's going to have to be through his A to point A to point B throwing. And uh, to this point, he's shown the ability to do that at times, and other times, not so much the ability to do that. And generally, it's the same thing that happens to all quarterback. There's more pressure. Hence, you can't get your feet set, so uh, you're harassed on a lot of those throws. So uh, the key, I think, for Ohio State offensively is they have got to commit to some kind of a consistency in a run game. That will help an immobile quarterback or a less-than-mobile quarterback with his game. But I just, in the games I've seen this year, that hasn't really been the case, although last week they did run the ball more than I've seen him. I think they got that Henderson kid back, which helps. But uh, he is just... He is not the kind of quarterback that they play with. Now, uh, Stroud was not necessarily a mobile a runner and all that, but he was mobile. He could get out of the way. He had some. He has athleticism when he needed it. I'm just not sure this kid's that caliber athlete. Yeah, he has the best receiver in the country, though, cleaning up a lot of the mess. Oh, that helps. That helps. Right. But, Sam, you know, they don't usually throw the ball to that guy every play although you kind of like, like wish you can. And I got to believe Michigan's going to have ways to make that hard. They know. And I think their stable receivers is damn good, but as a whole, I don't think they're as good as they've been in the past. If you took all of them together. Now, uh, uh, Henderson is as good as I've seen, or not Henderson, Harrison is as good as I've seen at any school. He could play in the NFL tomorrow. Okay. And their receivers are good, but I just, I've, I've seen him with a better core of receivers before. So as a, as a whole, just athletically, and I'm not saying that they're bad because they, they, they are a good offensive team, but the receivers aren't as a core as good and the quarterback's not as mobile. And everything points to being able to run the ball better, right? I mean, when that's the case, but uh, we still got to see that commitment from them uh, if I think they're going to uh, run out the string here. All right, folks, it is Q&A time. We will go a little over so we can get your questions in. All right, I told you before, put your questions in the stream. We'll get to as many of them as possible. Uh, there was a one that just came up here recently that I want to get to first, Al. And this one from Hasib Sadat. And he says, Borges, gorgeous, or gorgeous, Borges. Do you agree with James Franklin that two of the best defensive teams in the country are Penn State and Ohio State? Uh, in the country, yeah, two of the I don't know what you could consider the best. They're probably both top twenty teams defensively. I think they're both pretty good defensive teams, you know, to this point. But again, I I say the same thing, and in Michigan to a degree too, is have they been tested by a good quarterback, a real one? You know what I mean? A guy that can that, that can uh, can do the things, not necessarily as good as J.J. McCarthy, but at least near that. You know what I mean? So I think they probably statistically are probably the better, best defensive teams. 
But sometimes, Sam, that could be a mirage. And all it takes is one team to expose that mirage. So uh, we'll see. I think when all the numbers are in and it's over, that question will be a lot easier to answer. All right. We'll get to more of your questions now. If you have questions for Al Borges, get them in the stream. Let's go ahead and start knocking some more of these down. All right. Uh, Craig C. wants to let you know. He wants to be a water cooler champ, Al. He oh, he's to come to the right place. He's where he needs to be. Just keep listening, sending those questions. You want to be a water cooler champ, we'll make you a water cooler champ. All right. I got one that's right up your alley, Al. It's like riding a bike for you. Steve Holm wants you to, Al, script us your first three to five plays from our playbook that you would call to start the game at Happy Valley. Thanks, Sam, and gorgeous, gorgeous. Well, I, I'm not coordinating the offense, so I don't – I, that's kind of – You can do it, Al. You can do it. Kind of, well, first of all, I would never script three to five. I would script probably 15, okay, maybe 16, 17, so that I know that, that we're going to get certain plays in. But the way – let me try this, Sam. Let me guess, and again, guess, I don't know how Michigan will do it. They will hit them with – I'm guessing in the first 15 plays, three to four nuance runs, runs that they've never seen before, that may be very much like something else they do, but not exactly. They'll hit them with five to six, maybe seven to eight different formations, whether it be run or pass that they've never seen before or have seen before, but haven't seen the plays that they have on video. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. There'll be at least two shots in there. I'm getting, I'm guessing, I don't know, but two balls that'll, that where they'll fake, throw the ball down the field, whether it be a dagger route or some kind of layered flood or whatever, there'll be some of that in there. Uh, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised if you saw a trick play in there somewhere, whether it's be a reverse, another flea flicker, another form of flea flicker that they've never seen on video before. But at a 15 plays, I would guess eight of them will be some kind of pass play. Seven of them would be runs. And then as they get through those plays, they'll decide, what do we want to do from here? Are they showing some softness on the run? Can we throw on them better? How well are we protecting? They'll document everything that went on with regard to results and everything that went on with regard to tactics, and then go from there. I'd say about the beginning or middle of the second quarter, they'll have a plan for the rest of the game. Now, that's how I would go about it. I would, But it would go beyond three to five plays. All right. I keep getting questions in the stream about the Autograph app. Is there an Android option? Currently, there is not an Android option. I will let Tom Brady – I'll let Tom and his people know that us Droid users want an app too. It just, ha it just so happens that we got to – we got an iPhone as well. I mean, or at least, you know, iPad. Um, so if people want, they want a Droid app. We will pass that along. Right now, the Autograph app is available for iPhone or iOS users, all right? So uh, I'll put that link back up on the screen in a little bit, but I want to get back to the questions for Al Borges, gentle comedian wants to know, Al, what do you think about Penn State's linebackers and coverage and their defensive line against the run? Well, remember now, their defensive line against the run is in a lot of movement schemes. 
but they are stout enough to occasionally sit still. It's not like they're, they don't have to do that, but it's in Manny Diaz's DNA where he's got to call something where guys are moving. He just, I've just watched this guy a couple of years and he is not going to have them sit still. And they're pretty athletic. They're pretty athletic. Again, they're a lot, they're a little like Michigan, you know, linebacker play looks decent, pretty good, not bad. Um, but the key to getting at them is making them play both dimensions, run and pass, outside and inside runs early in the game so they know what they have to deal with. Don't don't leave anything in the drawer early, but have some answers late, okay? But I think those positions for them are strong. They're, they're pretty good on defense, and they'll be with uh, Michigan will be challenged, but man for man, they match up fine. So I, I don't I wouldn't lose too much sleep over that. All right. Uh, let's keep on moving. This is from Ferris Khan. He wants to know, Al, can Penn State handle both the run and the pass threat of Michigan? I don't think they can. Not if they execute. No, I don't think they can. I Again, the, the quarterback is the straw that stirs the drink, right? I think in this game, in that game, because we're not at that point yet, but uh, that McCarthy's going to be built into the run game a little more. Uh, and not that it's going to be a, a quarterback running circus. I don't think that's going to happen. But don't be surprised if he comes out of this game with 10-plus carries, whether it be through dual-read pulls or zone-read pulls or plus-one runs or Q-counter reads, things like that. Some things that they've done, some things maybe that they haven't done, okay? but uh, And just taking off, scrambling, doing what he does so so well and so often. But I think he's got to be part of the run game. But to, to, if he is and they do what they do uh, and just hold on to the ball, that's the big thing. Don't, don't And by that, I mean, hold on to it. Don't, don't turn it over and control that crowd because the crowd will get into it. Believe me, I played there and the crowd will get into it if they do anything positive. So, um, but in answer to your question, no, I don't think they can stop Michigan playing the way Michigan, when Michigan plays like they can play. Piggybacking off of that, Cameron Diggs wants to know, do you think Penn State will blitz as heavy knowing uh, the many weapons that we have? Al, that's, I mean, you wonder, can Manny Diaz do it another way? That's just how he is, right? That's him. And he doesn't zero blitz too much, Sam, so he's not going to leave the middle open a lot, okay? Even when he pressures, he's usually going to cover that middle, and that is his DNA. Like, he's going to blitz. He doesn't care who it is. He's coming out of the tunnel blitzing. He's oblivious to who's on the other side of the ball. In terms of that mentality, now he's not oblivious to the matchups. He's gonna, you know, try and get the right people on the right people. He's not, he's not stupid. But I just find, in my experience, coaching is coaches are who they are, and they go back to the womb whenever there's any doubt. And some guys cannot resist pressuring; they just can't. It's the way they think, the way they are. If they can't pressure. They don't want to coach, okay? So, uh, yeah, Manny Diaz is going to blitz. <laughs> Bank on it, okay? <laughs> Say, Al, some things are sure as the, the day is long, as water is wet and the sky is blue. Yep. And we know where the bear goes to the bathroom, don't we, Sam? There is no doubt about that. <laughs> Marcus Aurelius Maximus wants to know, that's a great Al's, name right there. Right, is. Is, is he like, oh, he's like a gladiator? I don't yeah. know. It says, Al, what's your prediction 
for the Purdue Michigan game? Will it be a shutout? Oh, I don't know. I I predict Michigan will win and they'll win by a lot because I don't think Purdue has the, the weapons to deal with a team like Michigan. I don't think uh, they don't look great offensively and they don't look particularly good defensively. They're playing in the big house. Uh, you don't ever want to overlook anybody because Purdue, what do they call them, the spoiler makers? But when they were the spoiler makers, they had better teams than they have this year. So uh, if that, I mean, with all due respect to them, I don't ever want to disrespect the opponent, but they're in over their head in this one. I, I just, all my instincts tell me that this is, this is going to be a Michigan win and by a lot of points. Gotcha. All right, let's go back to it. Terrence Crayon, I think is how you say it, uh, your name. Apologies if I got it wrong. Is Donovan Edwards or Colston Loveland our biggest offensive advantage against a top defense like Penn State or Ohio State? I don't, I don't know if they're the biggest, but they're sure as hell, hell part of the equation. Particularly a guy that Colston's been pretty consistent, period. And Donovan is starting to feel his oats a little more now. But you remember last year, Sam, in some of these games later in the season, they really got Edwards involved in the passing game. Okay, uh, and I, I I see that same thing happening again. I think they're going to build him more into the things that they want to do with the passing game. He has uh, multi-facets to him, and he can he can play in a slot, he can play wide, and he's a tough matchup no matter what you do. And, and if you're in the wrong coverage, if you're in the wrong coverage, you're in a man-to-man coverage, and you bump a linebacker out there and, or bump somebody, even a safety sometimes, he can take advantage of that. You know what I mean? Because he he has receiver type skills. Now, uh, you may get the same instance, and they play in zone, and they're playing soft and such, and he may not be quite as big a factor with regard to a big play. But I think he is uh, he is going to be a factor in these games from this point on, particularly the big games. Colston is Colston. He's going to pretty much bring the same thing to the table every week. Wide receiver type hands and body uh, uh, spatial awareness, uh, pretty consistent as a blocker, and a big target that I know McCarthy just loves to throw the ball to because I've never seen a quarterback that didn't like throwing the ball to a big body like that, particularly when he knows he's going to catch it. Yeah, yeah. It shall be interesting. The biggest weapon is J.J. McCarthy. I mean, this That's is- the biggest weapon. The, yeah. star, the straw that stirs the drink, Sam. That's what makes it all happen out there. Michigan would be a, a damn good team without him, but they wouldn't be a great team without him. I, I don't believe that. So he is what makes them go. But that's not that unusual. I mean, that's not any overstatement. Hell, what was, was Green Bay as good without Brett Favre? Was San Francisco as good without Joe Montana? I mean, this that's the way football is. That's why you put a red jersey on him in practice, and if anybody comes close to him, you scream at him. You know what I mean? And that's that's the way it is. All right. Uh, let's go to another question, Al. If someone's trying to call you out of retirement, Kyle Botkins wants to know, Al, any chance you're going to replace Brian Ferentz at Iowa? No. <laughs> no. Al- no, Sam, I having way too much fun with you. I hear you. I am. I, you know, I still got a lot of football juice. I, you know, especially when I get into these X and O breakdowns and all that. I love it. I just love it, and I miss the tactics, and I really miss the players because the players keep you young. You know what I mean? That's what's good. You can be 100 years old, which I'm feeling like I am today, but they'll always keep you young. But this game is really at this point for younger men, 
men that are, you know, chest bumpers. And I say, I would say, you young guys, it's all about computers, recruiters, and computers. That's that's the young coach today. Chest bumps and hats, hats on backwards. I mean, Sam, can you see me doing that? Can you see me putting my hat on backward and chest bumping guys when they score no, and all that? I don't. You could go and, and get plays off Madden and could do better than Brian Ferris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, look, I know you don't want to talk about other coaches. I'll talk about him. He was terrible. That's what, <laughs> so that's not, that's not lowering the bar out. That's just say, I know you've been out of it for a minute and you're like, Hey, you know, I've, I've gotten comfortable on the couch. I've gotten comfortable hanging with Sam. Oh, you can get hey, up Sam. on the couch and do a better Sam. job than Brian Ferris. I'm yeah, that I could coach tomorrow. I could coach tomorrow. I could go out and I wouldn't because I've stayed on top of the schemes. I haven't, you know, when you, when you haven't uh, coached in a while, like it's been 2018, you watch it on television, but you don't really analyze it anymore. You don't, you know what I mean? You don't get down and dirty and watch all the videos and all. I have changed none from since I coached. I still, and I drive people crazy that watch games with me because people that don't know who that, what the hell I'm, talking about i just keep talking and they just <laughs> wow. more polite they, they say anything other people say will you shut up i just want to watch the game well i still am way into the schemes and all that the tactics i would miss a beat on uh the 15 hour days that would be a little bit tougher now because you know i'm i'm just not as young as i used to be i hear you i hear you. all right we'll get these last few in folks because we got to get out of here and get on over to Vance, who I'm sure is saying, he's saying, you know how to wrap up. Vance is tapping his foot, Sam. He's tapping his foot going, will you get Al off? All right, Al, a couple more real quick. Shadyville wants to know, can not having any close games hurt the team when matching up against Penn State or Ohio State, in your opinion? No. I think that's overrated. If you smoke them, you smoke them. I mean, you, you're still practicing your two-minute offense in clutch situations. You're still doing all the stuff that close games. You're still practicing all the stuff. That I don't – no, I don't think that's as big a deal as everybody makes it. They're continuing to fine-tune their offense and defense. They've played, you know, formidable enough teams to where they've had a chance to improve. But, no, I don't. I don't think that's as big a deal as sometimes guys make it. All right. Marcus Aurelius Maximus is back and says, Al, use your connections with Michigan and tell JJ to get the hell down after first down. We need that kid healthy for Ohio State. I don't have any connections to Michigan. <laughs> I don't know. Sam is my connection to Michigan. I don't even know Jim Harbaugh. I mean, I don't, I've never, never met him. I, I don't have that. So you're going to have to send that to the staff directly or just send Sam on a mission. <laughs> All right. Adam Shepherdson. Coach, what did you think about those toss sweeps we ran versus MSU? Is that too far away from our mentality, or is it a good changeup? No, oh, good changeup. Got to run it outside. You got to have a perimeter run game. You got to have a perimeter run game. Okay. Now you may not use it near as much as you do your inside run game because Michigan's, you know, that's kind of their deal, right? But you got you can't run every ball between the tackles, and I don't want to hear how fast the defense is. Oh, you can't run outside on them. They're way too fast. So you're going to run every single ball inside the tackles because you think the defense is fast. That's absurd. You've got to be able to run the perimeter, whether it's pitch sweeps, whether it be with pin and pulls, whether it be with reverses, whether it be with pulls off a of zone reads, whatever. Uh, can you live out there against a team that can run well? Probably not. 
but you better have it in your repertoire so they don't have to just defend this little box all the time. All right, folks, that is going to do it for us. We're done, Sam? Yeah, listen, I want to remind you of a couple of things. Go check out the piece over on the MichiganInsider.com that kind of breaks down where things are with the Harbaugh extension talks. Very briefly and succinctly, they are no longer paused. They are back on track, folks. So you can go check that out over on the MichiganInsider.com, pennies a day, has you a member over at the site. There's actually a 50% off annual deal going on right now. So all kinds of reasons to get involved over there. Uh, the exciting news about our partnership with that guy over top, over uh, over Al's shoulder, Tom Brady, his company Autograph, they offer an app that aggregates your entire Michigan fan experience. You want to consume the Michigan Insider on the app? You can do it. You want to consume the Michigan Insider YouTube stream? Uh, and videos over on the app. You can do it. You want to listen to the podcast on the app. You can do it. And you get points for it. You get rewarded for your fandom. That is fandom on another level. That's what Tom Brady's crew is doing. So for all of you who've been asking for years, Sam, where's the app for TMI? Well, you can use Autograph in that way. Uh, For those of you listening right now, the uh, the link is link, so L-I-N-K dot A-G dot fan forward slash Sam Webb. Again, that's link dot A-G dot fan forward slash Sam Webb. The code is Sam Webb. Get your autograph app today. Right now, only available for iOS users. We'll try to get the, the Android thing going as well. I identify with you. I'm a, I'm a droid guy myself. Uh, but, you know, a lot of iPhone folks out there, I get it. So that's who they went to first. Get the app, start getting rewarded for your fandom, courtesy of Tom Brady and our friends at Autograph. That is going to do it for us. What you got? What you got? Oh, you pointing the time out? Tom Brady and the handsome guy. Yeah, maybe maybe we could get time to break down. It's okay. This guy is a chick magnet. Yeah. When they beat Ohio State, maybe we get time to break down a play. We're going to see if we can get that reward going on. I got never a chance to talk much ball with him. I love talking about ball with him. Yeah. So, uh, at any rate, folks, we got to get out of here. We'll see you next week on the next edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the offense with Al Borges. Go Blue! Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.